You're listening to the Bible Brush Up Podcast, and we are excited to be entering into a new season, both a physical season, the season of fall, the leaves are falling, the temperatures are dropping, and that's exciting, but also a season of Bible reading. We are entering into a new reading plan called Falling for the Prophets, and we will be reading through both the major and minor prophets over the next few months. This is very important for us because too often the prophets are one of the most neglected areas of biblical study for um, the New Testament community. And uh, maybe because we call ourselves the New Testament community, we're often focused on the New Testament. And while I believe that's certainly important that we know our New Testament, we really can't fully know our New Testament if we don't know our Old Testament. And we certainly will have trouble interpreting the words of Jesus and the words of Paul and the other New Testament writers if we don't fully understand the people that they are quoting and alluding to. Often, Jesus or Paul or John or Peter or somebody in the New Testament writing will quote an Old Testament prophet. And when they quote that prophet, it's kind of assumed that you understand what the prophet was saying when the prophet spoke. Embedded within the quote is often a larger context of meaning that we don't have if we don't study the prophets. And so we don't understand our New Testament if we don't understand the prophets because the prophets are in some ways the foundation of the New Testament teaching. Much of what is said in the New Testament is birthed out of these Old Testament uh, writings, and therefore we need to diligently study them so that we can fully comprehend and grasp what the New Testament is teaching. And so we're going to spend a little time today just talking about what a prophet is and what a prophecy is, because I think there is some misunderstanding in the church today about what a prophet did, what the prophet's duty was. Too often when we ask, what does a prophet do? What was the uh, characteristic traits of a prophecy? We'll often attach it to telling the future. And while they certainly had some... Um, communication that did involve predicting future events, that was not their full-time job. That was just a portion of what they did. And so some have dissected the prophet's messages into two categories, foretelling and forthtelling. And I would argue that forthtelling is the primary duty of the prophet. Forthtelling meaning that you are communicating directly what God has stated and with the purpose of bringing out a response from the audience. They are to reveal God's message and God's truth and God's word in such a way that the people are forced to respond, whether it be for the good or for the bad. And so forthtelling is the primary function of a prophet, and it's not completely different than modern-day preaching. Um, preachers stand before a pulpit, and they open up the word of God, hopefully, and they communicate God's word, hopefully, in such a way that the people are challenged with what God has said. And so we can say, thus saith the Lord, much like the prophets did when they gave a direct message from God. To make a simple analogy, a prophet is simply the mailman. He is the mailman who brings God's message to the people. And sometimes that message will have some communication of future events, but most of the time, it's directly focused on the spiritual condition and the immorality of the people whom God is speaking with. And uh, another thing that we might not fully comprehend and grasp is the fact that not all prophets are made so automatically by the filling of the Holy Spirit. I know that is, is some way how we view them. We kind of view them in a charismatic light, like a Holy Spirit comes upon them and boom, all of a sudden they go around 
prophesying and saying things beyond what they are able to comprehend. Um, but that's not necessarily the case with all the prophets. And the word prophet may be used a little bit differently in different ways, depending on the context. But as you read through the Old Testament, you often come across prophets that seem to be a product not of supernatural, divinely, uh, charismatically inspired um, spiritual stirrings and promptings, but rather just a product of regular training. Uh, when we look in the scripture, there are several places that we find uh, a reference to what some would deem the school of the prophets. And one particular passage that's very um, telling of this is in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 18 through 24. In that passage, it reads this. Now David fled and escaped, and he came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and lived at Naoth. And it was told to Saul, Behold, David is at Naoth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets, there's that phrase, company of the prophets. Uh, some translations would deem that school of the prophets. So when they saw the school of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as head over them, here's Samuel, the head prophet. He would be like the president of the seminary or the provost. Uh, he's the, the headmaster over this school of prophets. They're learning from him. They're studying under him. He is training them up. And it says, and Samuel standing head over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. Saul sends three different messengers to them that day. They all walk away prophesying, and then Saul himself comes and prophesies as well, and it concludes at the end of that passage, Is uh, thus it is said, is Saul also among the prophets? People began to wonder. He went to the school of the prophets, and he came out prophesying just like that. It usually take, takes people four years to graduate from this college, but Saul did it all in a day. Uh, it was quite unique, and certainly the Spirit of God was moving. Saul didn't get instruction that day, and so in a sense, he was prophesying in the way that many people view prophecy as working. But the school of the prophets tells us that there was obviously a formal instruction process that went along with a lot of these prophets. Uh, in the book of First and Second Kings, there are many references to the sons of the prophets. Uh, in First Kings 20 and Second Kings 2, uh, 2 Kings 2, it says, And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? So it seems that Elijah maybe was the headmaster who was over Elisha and the other sons of the prophets. And once Elijah was taken away, Elisha became the headmaster. He was the one who watched over and trained up these other prophets. Um, there's also a reference here um, in 2 Kings uh, verse 2. Uh, chapter 2, verse 15, Now when the sons of the prophets were at Jericho, uh, saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Uh, in 2 Kings 4, 1, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets came to Elisha. Your servant, my husband, is dead. So this is a servant of Elisha because it's one of the sons of the prophets. I don't think these are biological descendants of a assortment of prophets that just happen to all be grouped together at one place following Elisha and Elijah around, they were actually training underneath them. And so that kind of goes against the grain of what many of us think about prophets. We think of prophets as people who are supernaturally swept away and given words, but it seems there is some element of formal training involved here. Amos chapter 7 verse 14 uh, is a place where Amos actually says that he is different than your typical prophet. He says he's not a prophet or a son of the prophets. 
um, which we know that Amos is a prophet. And so what I think he's communicating there is he's a farm boy who never had the formal training of all the other prophets who were prophesying in the land, but yet God came and supernaturally used him. He can use anybody at any time. But the typical process for becoming a prophet was probably through some formal education that we see in this school of the prophets or sons of the prophets. And so as they were studying there, we don't know exactly how that formal training went down. Perhaps they were taught how to speak. They were taught how to deliver a message. And much like we in seminary learn how to craft a sermon and how to put together points, uh, how to uh, illustrate things. Perhaps they were given that type of instruction. Maybe they were taught how to use poetry and how to use apocalyptic literature to communicate certain uh, ideas. We know that not all of these prophecies are recorded for us. In fact, even the prophecies from the prophets that we have record of are not all recorded for us. We have a book of Isaiah, but we certainly don't have every word that Isaiah ever said or every word that Isaiah ever wrote. Uh, we just have the portions that God inspired for our benefit and what he willed to be gathered together for the collection of read, uh, readings for all of his people for all time. Uh, the same with Jeremiah. He certainly would have said more than what we have recorded. The same with Jonah, the same with Daniel, the same with every prophet. They did not just speak and write the portions that we have. Um, the portions we have are what was needed and what was inspired by God and what was chosen by God to be passed along by the faith community. But everything else that the prophet said were certainly informative and instructive to the people of God at that time. And much of that came not out of divine moving and, um, you know, that, that charismatic flair that we think of typically, but rather through formal instruction and learning what the Torah said. They would have been sort of like the Pharisees were the masters of the Torah by the time Jesus comes around. In the Old Testament era, it would have been the sons of the prophets who you went to with a difficult question about Torah. They would have been the ones who had studied and would have carefully and diligently looked into what the writings of Moses said. And so this idea that they would take what had been written and further advance and communicate what God has already said to the people is really the primary function of a prophet. They are forthtelling by saying, this is what God has said. Now, sometimes God would reveal supernaturally to them new information because our canon has not been closed yet. The Bible had not been completed yet. He continued to provide new information because what was recorded in the Torah was certainly a starting point, but it had not fully uh, progress to the point of what God intended us to know by the end. By the time we get to the New Testament, there are a lot of things that we know now because of that that we would have never known without the New Testament coming around. And so God's revelation is progressive, and it continues to build and flourish as it reaches the finish point. And so he would use prophets in a supernatural way, inspiring them to speak and to communicate things. And sometimes within that communication— as they're delivering God's mail, there would be elements of future events recorded inside of that communication. That doesn't mean that the prophet knew it in and of itself. Sometimes he may not even be aware of what the significance of the statement is, but rather he's just delivering the mail. He's giving the people a message from God. So God and God alone knows the future. The prophet doesn't know the future. If they say anything that is relevant to the future, 
it is only because God has communicated words to them that they are to pass on to the people. They may understand some of it. They may not understand some of it. They may understand it in part, but maybe not in whole. And so that's just something for us to consider as we reflect on what a prophet is and what their duty was. In 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 20 and 21, it says this, Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so anytime you have this type of prophecy that includes uh, you know, new revelation of God, something that's not being um, taken from what God had already revealed, but it's new revelation. This is the Holy Spirit moving them along and providing for them information that they themselves did not come up with on their own. It's not from their own interpretation. And so that kind of prophecy, the kind of prophecy that makes its way into inspired scripture is the type of prophecy that is just purely the words of God coming to us uh, by which the prophet themselves would never have deciphered in and of themselves. They would have never come up with that on their own, that it's not them looking more deeply into previous revelation and deciphering that from the law of Moses. No, this is coming straight down from heaven to them to be given to the people. And so when they do that, they are foretelling. They may be foretelling as well, but it is primarily foretelling. And uh, so as we reflect on that, the prophets and what they have to say, I think that's important for us to know going into uh, this season uh, because it helps us with our New Testament. It helps us understand better what was being communicated by Jesus and Paul and the other New Testament writers. So I look forward to our time in Isaiah. We're going to launch off October 1st reading Isaiah and studying him as a prophet. And he was often quoted by the New Testament writers. And so it's very important that we get a grasp on who Isaiah was and what he was communicating. Uh, and so we'll pick up there next time on the Bible Brush Up Podcast.